Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sharon Stevens. Today we go behind the headlines on one of the biggest regional stories in recent days. Tamson Reed graduated from Webster University earlier this month, but the institution's 20-step Title IX investigation into whether the head of Webster's game design program sexually harassed her is still ongoing. Reed filed her complaint more than a year ago. She and other students, as well as faculty, have now opened up to the media about alleged misconduct by Joshua Yates. St. Louis Public Radio digital reporter Kay Petron has been reporting on this story and joins me now in studio to talk about it. Welcome, Kay. Thanks. Let's talk about this uh, timeline. Uh, she filed this, uh, the complaint was uh, filed it more than a year ago. Mm-hmm. Is that a long time? How long do these complaints usually take? Yeah, so it it can really vary from school to school. Webster has a policy that they try to complete investigations for a complaint like this within 60 days. Um, that's pretty standard. Most schools say that they plan to complete investigations within 60 days, but it's very common to hear that something takes, you know, seven months, nine months. Um, a year, longer than a year, gets pretty unusual even when you're hearing complaints of these cases taking too long but it but it is mu- very common for them to take longer than 60 days at least did, did Webster violate title nine that's a really complicated question um, there there is a very uh, basic set of guidelines that schools have to adhere to. There aren't um, a lot of clear regulations. They don't have to run this by anyone to check to make sure that they're really doing everything correctly. So if if there is an accusation that they violated Title IX, really you have to take it, you being the student in this case or, or whoever's filing the case uh, against the school saying that they did something wrong, um, they have to take it up to uh, Federal Office of Civil Rights for them to determine whether or not there's been a Title IX violation just because there isn't Because super Title IX is connected with. Yeah, exactly. The sort of only, <clears throat> the only obligation that a school really has is to abide by certain guidelines handed down by the federal government associated with Title IX. And those guidelines are very um, in- interpretable in many different ways. Are they talking? It, Webster? Uh, no, they are not. They they said that confidentiality prevented them from um, answering any questions about the case whatsoever, even ones that the student sort of gave us permission to get information on. So there's sort of a, there's, uh, they they were very hesitant to come forward with. And how about the professor? The professor did not talk to us. He did talk to the Riverfront Times by email, it sounds like, but we never we um, we attempted to reach out to him in several different ways and never heard back. Okay. And what is uh, Tamson saying now? So Tamson Reed um, <clears throat> is looking into her options now that she's graduated Webster and sort of gone public with this story. She has been hearing back from them, um, which she said was not the case earlier this year. Um, but she's she's looking into whether or not she needs to take the case federal, whether or not she needs to file a private lawsuit. She's not really sure what those uh, what those options look like, but she knows she doesn't want to uh, drop the case or let it go. And <clears throat> her her case, uh, would you say, has gained some momentum because other people 
have uh, come out and said things as well? Yeah, what what Tamson Reed did is talk to more than a dozen people, <clears throat> students and professors in the game design program, um, people who are currently enrolled, people who just graduated, people who used to work there, um, a, a wide range of people. And there were a lot of either verification that they had seen uh, Joshua Yates saying things, um, or or statements that uh, statements that Joshua Yates had also. Uh, harassed in some ways other several other students as well mm-hmm. and um can you be specific um so one student in particular chester bacon um what he is a transgender student and he said that joshua yates asked him a lot of invasive questions uh, about his gender um asked him what sort of surgeries he was planning on getting for uh genitals, which is very invasive question, things like that. School told him he could file a case, uh, but he says he is uh, pretty discouraged by what's happened with Tamsin Reed's case. Okay. And what do Tamsin and others say the professor said or did or um, so there's there's general allegations of professional misconduct, just that he wasn't particularly competent, but um, there's uh, three students in addition to Tamsin who are uh, cisgender women who say that he was uh, dismissive towards women or did not treat them fairly in a classroom environment or graded them differently. Um, so those those are the some of the other allegations that are out there. Okay. There's been an increase in dialogue uh, regarding Title IX issues. How does this case fit into that? So I think it's something that everyone involved with it is very aware of. Uh, Tamsin Reed, when she initially went public with the case, tied it to recent issues, not Title IX specific, but um, issues in the game development community with companies that have bad sexual harassment policies um, or uh, otherwise tend are accused of mistreating their female employees. Um, there, in terms of the university, I think what we're seeing here is a lot of the same complaints that you see about Title IX nationwide, which is that it's not consistently enforced um, and that students aren't sure that if, you know, if they open a case like this, that, that their school is necessarily going to follow through with it. So there's, there's a broader context of a lot of other students are having similar problems. Um, what does make it unusual is that m- the majority of Title IX cases that you hear about are student versus student cases. It's fairly rare to hear about a student um, opening a case against a professor and having it take this long. Is there any precedent at uh, Webster or any other place you you know of? Um, you know, that's something that we are uh, trying to get a sense of at Webster. If, if it's pretty standard. Their cases just take this long. They don't have a lot of resources. That might be the case, or it might be that this case is taking an unusually long time. I know regionally, um, WashU has also been accused of taking too long with Title IX cases, and they say that the average case takes seven to nine months. Um, so th- so they are trying to complete their investigations within that 60-day time frame that most other universities aim for, but um, they, you know, they it it is fairly common that they take longer. And so what could be done to um, maybe, I guess, speed up the process or make sure that the federal government and uh, local institutions are on the same page? 
You know, that's something that I think a, a question a lot of people are asking. Um, there are advocacy organizations that have pushed to have schools uh, filing paperwork about how long these cases are taking, how many they're handling, how they're handling them. But there hasn't been much movement federally to really start let, uh, regulating the Title IX enforcement other than if someone files a complaint and the feds come in to evaluate the system. Okay. Thank you very much, Kay Petron, for bringing us, bringing us up to speed on this story. And we'll look t- to you to hear more on this later. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Mm-hmm.